a place of greater fruitfulness. Amen. Let's pray one more time as we uh, get ready to receive God's word today. Lord, we're thankful for this time we have together. We're thankful that your spirit is here with us, that you've already begun ministering to our hearts and minds through the time we've been led in worship. And I'm thankful for our awesome worship team that we have and all the hours they put into preparing to lead us into worship, into your presence. And they've done that once again today. And our hearts have began to be stirred by you. And I just pray in the next few moments that that stirring process will continue. Lord, that we will gladly receive your word into our hearts today. And whatever we're struggling with and wherever we are in our relationship with you, that we will answer the call of your spirit to go to a place of greater fruitfulness. That, Lord, this place you're leading us to is greater than where we currently are. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. That's all right. You can clap as you're seated. Amen. That just that means I, must, I agree with what's being said, and I know that God's word is going to change me today. Amen. Amen. When we mix the word of God with faith, it doesn't just make the preacher feel better. When we say amen, when we clap it, we are mixing the word of God with faith. Amen. In their journey to spy out the land, uh, the 12 spies were tasked with providing a detailed report of this land that God had promised them. Including in the instructions were returning with some of the fruit of the land so that the children of Israel would have evidence whether the land was fruitful or not. Now, even in the instructions, there should be encouragement to us that our faith can grow because in the instructions they said, find out whether it is fruitful or not. They had an or not. They should have not had an or not. If God promised a good land... It's going to be fruitful. You don't need an or not. Go test God's promises. See if they're good or not. Uh, They're good. Drop the or not. Okay? His promises are good. And as a result of this command, they decided to retrieve some of the fruit of the land, as we read in Numbers 13, Verse 23 and 24 tells us that they retrieved a cluster of grapes. And this cluster must have been rather large because they didn't put it in a little plastic bag that you have a hard time opening at the grocery store. The ones you tear off and then you're like, which side is the open side? Okay, maybe I'm the only one. All of you are so full of the Holy Ghost, you just pull out and just, the bag fluffs open and just drop the fruit in, I guess. You're on a different level you should be teaching today. But they put this cluster of grapes on a staff and it took two of them to carry it. This was a big cluster of grapes. And it must have been a pretty amazing place of Fruitfulness. There must have been quite a vineyard because they named the entire valley after the cluster of grapes. Because Eshkol just means cluster. So they named the entire valley after the grapes. They must have been some pretty special grapes. 
There must have been quite a few grapes. You don't just name some place after something that's insignificant to that area. As example, the name Beaverton is derived from the settlement's proximity to a large body of water that resulted from beaver dams. When they came here and settled, there was a lot of water in one area and it was created by beaver dams. Thence the name Beaverton. A ton of beavers. Beaverton. It was named for a reason. It was named because this place was fruitful with beavers, evidently. There was beavers everywhere. And they don't have much place to live now, so that's probably why we don't see them. It's hard enough for people to find place to live, let alone beavers. This place that God was bringing them to was a place of great fruitfulness. The size and the quality of these grapes was incredible. And we need to highlight this today because in order to experience ongoing fruitfulness, we need to enter and dwell in the land of promise. No matter how great this cluster of grapes was, after they enjoyed the grapes on that cluster, and they tasted it, and they said, Mmm, delicious. And in the desert, the grapes were probably pretty delicious to their thirsty mouths. But after they enjoyed the grapes on the cluster, that was the end of this blessing. Because this cluster was no longer attached to the life giving power of the vine. Wouldn't it be nice if you went to the grocery store and you bought a cluster of grapes, you ate all the grapes on the cluster, and you set it on the counter, and you waited for a day, and the next day, it's full of grapes again. That would be nice, wouldn't it? You wouldn't have to buy grapes all the time. One cluster of grapes, and you're good forever. Just that cluster keeps producing Every time you pluck it off, it produces another grape. But it doesn't work that way. Why doesn't it work that way? Because the cluster you bring home is not connected to the vine any longer. It's disconnected from the vine. It was taken from its place of fruitfulness and put in a market somewhere for us to purchase. And if the children of Israel wanted to continue to enjoy the sweet, juicy grapes that were brought back by the spies, they had to inherit the promise. They had to go and inhabit the promised land. They had to move to a place where they were dwelling amongst the vineyard and living close to the grapes. Ongoing fruitfulness is a result of being connected to the vine. In the land of promise. And where God is leading us as individuals and as a church is to a land of greater fruitfulness. That's encouraging to me. God has a land of greater fruitfulness in front of us. You know, in this life we get used to passing a certain point where our best days feel like they're in the rearview mirror. 
Our best days are behind us. We're never going to see that again. We're never going to experience something that great again. We're never going to be able to do that the same way again. But in the kingdom of God, when we follow His leading, He leads us to greater places. Things get better in Him. John chapter 15 illustrates what happens when we connect ourselves to the vine. And I didn't tell Abby what we were going to be talking about today, but that song fits perfect. I can't do it without you. I can't live without you. I can't walk. I can't talk. I can't have any of these things without you. So today we need to connect ourselves to the vine. John 15 and 1 says, I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. So Jesus Christ, the, the man Christ Jesus, the Messiah come in flesh. He was the avenue to which we connect to the life-giving power found in our Heavenly Father. And our Heavenly Father is the one who cares for the vine. How does He care for His vine? Verse 2 tells us that every branch in me that bears not fruit... He takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, He purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. He's always looking to get more fruit out of us. John Gill's exposition of the Bible says, of the first phrase, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he says, there are two sorts of branches in Christ the vine. The one sort are such who have only a historical faith in Him. Believe but for a time and they are removed. They are such who only profess to believe in Him, are in Him by profession only. They submit to the outward ordinances, become church members, and so are reckoned to be in Christ but in a church state. As the churches of Judea and Thessalonica and others are said in general to be in Christ. Though it is not to be thoughtful that every individual that is in church is truly savingly in Him. These branches are unfruitful ones. What fruit they seem to have withers away and proves not to be genuine fruit. What fruit they bring forth is to themselves and not to the glory of God, being none of the fruits of His Spirit and grace. And such branches the husbandman removes from the vine. That's not a place any of us want to be, right? We want to be fruitful. So the, the remedy to that is not just act like a Christian. Don't just appear to be a Christian. Don't just go through the motions, but let the life-giving power of Jesus Christ inside of us. Because He will come inside and change us from the inside out. Don't just be an outward Christian, but let the life-giving flow inside of you. And you will automatically become fruitful. Fruitfulness is not produced by ourselves. It's produced by the life-giving flow of the Spirit of God. So let it in. Each day say, come in, Jesus. <laughs> Fill me. Flow through me, change me, mold me, shape me. I want to be changed from the inside 
out. And when we ask Him that, He will honor that. And we will become truly fruitful. And then of the branches that bear fruit, He purges them that they may bring forth more fruit. They will be more fruitful. John Gill says these are the sort of branches who are truly and savingly in Christ. They're fully trusting in Him. They are rooted in Him. To whom He is the green fir tree, from whom all fruit is found. Who are filled by Him with all the fruits of the Spirit, grace and righteousness. They're purged, they're pruned, chiefly by afflictions and by temptations, which are needful for their growth and fruitfulness, as the pruning and cutting of the vines are for theirs. And though these are sometimes sharp and never joyous, but even grievous, yet they are attended with the peaceable fruit of righteousness. So the end of bringing forth more fruit is answered. For it's not enough that a believer exercise grace and perform good works for the present, but these must remain, or he must be constant therein and still bring forth fruit. To add one virtue to another, that it may appear he is not barren and unfruitful in the knowledge of Christ in whom he is implanted. These different acts of the vine dresser taking away and purging others is the prerogative of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It is God who prunes His vineyard. So indeed the Lord has been purging some of us. And it's never joyous but grievous. (laughs) It's not fun in the moment to be disciplined. To be chastised, as Hebrews 12 says, because the Lord chastises those He loves. And it's not fun in the moment, but it produces grace and it produces fruit in our lives. So we can endure the purging, we can endure the disciplining, we can endure the temptations and the trials that are making us more fruitful with the knowledge that it is for our good that these things are happening. Not just fruitful in a way that benefits others, as in winning souls, but a fruitfulness that will allow us to taste the sweetness ourselves. A fruitfulness that will enhance our life beyond anything this world can provide. Don't be deceived in your season of pruning and thinking there's something better out there. Galatians 5.22 tells us the beautiful fruit that will be produced in our lives as a result of going through trials and temptations and struggles that are not fun. But they produce these things which are greater than anything the world can provide. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace. It's long-suffering. It's gentleness. It's goodness. It's faith. It's meekness and temperance. Against such, there is no law. Because you don't have to tell someone right or wrong who has the fruit 
in their life. Because they will automatically operate through this fruit and they will do what is right. They don't need the law to tell them because the fruit in their life will lead them to do what is right. The land of promise is where we can enjoy the fruit of the Spirit in greater measure. And it says fruit, not fruits. So it's not like you only get one. You get them all. Because they are all part of the same fruit of the same Spirit. If we need greater measures of love in our life, we need more of the Spirit. We need to quit looking for love in all the wrong places. (laughs) Jesus is the source of love. He is love. If we need greater joy in our lives, we need to connect to the vine. If we need greater peace that will overcome these things we struggle with so much in this area of depression and anxiety and stress, if we want the peace that will override those things and help us to be calm even in the midst of a great storm, we need to connect to the vine. And God is wanting to lead us to a place where we have greater peace than we've ever had before. Greater patience. We talked about it last week. Greater patience. Being able to wait for God's promises to be fulfilled without complaining. Greater gentleness. So that people don't walk around us like they're on eggshells because they're afraid we're going to blow up any minute like Mount St. Helens. Watch out for them. (laughs) Be careful. They might explode. Do we possess gentleness? Greater goodness, the ability to do what is good and not just do what is good, but be good. Be righteous. Exude the goodness of God. Greater faith. Faith is the overcoming element of fear. Love and faith overcome fear. God gives us greater faith and He's wanting to lead us to greater faith. A vineyard that has greater faith. Greater meekness and greater self-control. When we can't control ourselves, that's not an excuse. It might be a reality to admit it, and sometimes it's good to admit it and confess it, but the ability to control ourselves comes in the Lord's vineyard. And no matter how long we've lived for God, God wants to lead each of us to an area of greater self-control. So that when my flesh says, I want to do this, we can stop it and say, no, I belong to Jesus Christ. And I will not do that. Because it's displeasing to Him. The Lord's leading us to a place where the fruit is greater. The fruit is sweeter than any fruit we've ever tasted before. There may be giants to fight. There may be struggles to overcome. But it will be worth it all. Amen. It will be worth it all. John 15 and 3. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. There is a washing by the water of the word the Bible speaks of. 
that we are cleansed through the Word of God. It cleanses us. It washes us. It purifies us. That's why we surrender to His Word. That's why we need its influence in our life. We are clean through the Word. This word is, I abide in me, this particular word in this situation. The Lord is inviting us to abide in Him. And He says, and I in you. Again, if you're wondering if this is possible, quit wondering and accept the invitation. You have the invitation in your hand and you're standing outside the party saying, I wonder if I can go in. What does the invitation say? You are welcome. You are welcome. It has your name right under it. Why question it? Step in the door. If someone has a problem, show them the invitation. God invited me to be in Him. And when you come to church, if somebody wonders why you're here, I'm here because I'm invited. Not just by the members of this church, I'm invited by the Savior of this church. I have a right to be here. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. Again, that cluster... That branch we take home with us. It can't bear fruit by itself, except it's still connected to the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. Just like a branch can't bear fruit without being connected to the vine, we cannot bear fruit without being connected to Jesus Christ. It's just a natural law. I am the vine and you are the branches. He clarifies again. I'm the source of life here, not you. I'm the source. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth a little bit of shriveled up fruit that you can make some nice trail mix with. That's not what it says. It brings forth much fruit. Again, we got to get out of this mindset of minimalism and we've got to embrace abundance. And you may look around today and say, well, the church isn't so full, we, we have to put chairs out there. Not yet. Where's your faith? Faith sees what's not happened yet. We have to be able to see this church overflowing. Otherwise, we don't have enough faith. I am the vine, you are the branches. And if you are in me and I am in you, you'll bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And of course, we know we can do something without him, but we can't do anything according to eternal significance. And too many people in our day think they're accomplishing a whole lot of stuff But they're not accomplishing it in Christ. Therefore, really, in the scope of eternity, they're not really accomplishing anything. And I know that sounds harsh. But the word of the Lord says, without me, you can do nothing. Accomplishing a lot in this world is not what he is concerned with. It's about eternal 
significance. So I want to briefly mention abiding in Him today. Abiding in Him that leads to a place of fruitfulness. And we have a a chart that I have extracted and borrowed from a book called Real Real Life Discipleship written by Jim Putman. And I believe it's on the uh, slideshow there, Tyler. I don't. You probably won't be able to read the words when it's up there. It's pretty hard to read, even if it was crystal clear. But as you see in this first quarter of the pie chart here, okay, this is like a maturity chart that starts here and moves in this direction. We all start out here dead. Oh, that's encouraging. Thank you. But dead in our unbelief, right? If we are born again of the water and the Spirit, God comes into our life. He changes us completely. We're cleansed. We're forgiven. We're, we repent of our sins. We're baptized in Jesus' name. We're filled with the Holy Ghost. We're born again. And we begin to share our life with others. We're still an infant. But we move here into being a child. We're becoming a little more fruitful. And what do we do in this section We connect. We connect with God, first and foremost. The vine, right? If we don't connect to God, we will never get past this stage. We will never become fruitful over here. We connect with God. And then we connect, in this instance, this example, to small groups. To the body of Christ. We get involved wherever we have an opportunity to get involved involved to get connected because some people today are saying well i can be connected to jesus but i don't need a church and that's the spirit we're dealing with in our area there's different spirits all over in some parts of the country they have no problem going to church but they have other problems here people don't want to be a part of a church i can have jesus without a church what is a church a church is the body of christ i can have christ without the body of christ does that make sense to you That makes sense to me. We need each other. To connect to Christ and connect to a church, a group of believers, is the same thing. We can't connect to Him without connecting to His body. So we must connect to Him as a vine and we connect to each other. So we get involved where we can get involved, not just so we can punch our card of religious duty. Like once I get 10 free, go to church 10 times, I get a free latte. And if I go on Sunday and Tuesday and Thursday, that's three in one week. And in three and a half weeks, I can get a free latte. We punch our card. We think, okay, I'm accomplishing, I'm accomplishing. It's not just about accomplishing something. It's not just about marking off our list that we have attended. It's about true connection to the body where we are accountable to each other we are loving one another we're sharing victory and we're sharing defeat we're bearing one another's burdens we're open and transparent in our struggle to one another and and we take turns in those seasons of life where sometimes i got to carry you and sometimes you got to carry me but there's a true connection if we're ever going to become fruitful we have to be connected To the body of Christ. We have to receive His Spirit and be connected to Him. But we also have to get connected to His body. We're far more effective connected 
to his body. We'll become far more fruitful connected to his body. And thirdly, connect to God-given purpose right here. You can't probably read it, but it's there. Get connected to your purpose, your God-given purpose in life. Because if you're not connected to your purpose, how are you going to be fruitful when you're operating outside of your purpose? Again, we can go through life and we can attain fame and fortune. We can make lots of money. We can impress a lot of people. But if we aren't truly connected to Christ, connected to His body, and connected to the purpose He has given us for this life, we're accomplishing a whole lot of nothing. Because one day it's all going to pass. But when we're connected to God, we're connected to His body, and we're connected to our purpose, where our fruit is storing up treasures in heaven that we will enjoy for all of eternity. That's the best retirement plan available. The benefits of serving God are out of this world. Literally. So we want to get connected, not just to fulfill religious duty, but get connected so we can be fruitful. And the more connected we become as a local body, as the Church of Living Waters Fellowship, the more we individually become connected, the more we will experience fruitfulness individually and as a body in Christ. The more disconnected we are, the less fruit we're going to see. The more connected we are, the more fruit we're going to enjoy. Get connected. And I want to do everything I can as a pastor to give opportunities to people's schedules so as I enter into being more full-time in the next couple months, I'm exploring different ideas of having Bible studies during the day here at church. Doing life groups during the day if if need be. Because we want to give people, no matter what shift they work, an opportunity to be connected to the body. I want to remove every barrier to us being connected to the body. So as long as someone is hungry, they can come and partake. They can come and connect. Verse 6, if... Back to our passage of Scripture, John fifteen six. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. Again, what does that little cluster of grapes look like after a few days if you leave it sitting out? It starts withering. You go up to it, squeeze it when it's still pretty fresh. Nothing happens. It just flexes and opens back up. But after it's withered, you squeeze it, stuff starts to break. Starts cracking. Some of the times in our life, the reason why we can't be flexible and we can't bounce back is because we're no longer connected and we're so withered that one little bend is going to break. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. Our flexibility comes from life in Christ. 
If you abide in me, verse 7 says, and my words abide in you. Again, we've been hearing these things over and over lately. I know because I've been getting it from the Lord, but hopefully you're hearing the same thing. How often have we heard, get his word in us? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. If, I, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you're going to ask what you will and I will do it unto you. Why is that? 1 John 5 tells us. 1 John 5.14 1 John 5.14 This is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. So when we have His words in us, We're automatically praying according to His will. We're not praying our will anymore. We're praying His will. And He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, verse 15 says, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. We know He's going to accomplish it. We know He's going to bring it to pass because we're not just praying our will, we're praying His will. And why does God wait for people to be in agreement with Him before He moves? I can't tell you exactly why. But He does. Abraham interceded for Lot. And that's the only reason Lot was brought out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Because Abraham agreed with God. And was able to bring God into agreement with Him because they were both agreeing on the same thing. They were both desiring the same thing. Law would not have been delivered without Abraham agreeing with God. People in this city will not be saved until we are in agreement and we are praying in agreement with God. That doesn't make us special, but that is our responsibility. We need to be praying. Because as we pray His will, we have the confidence our petitions will be heard and they will be answered. Herein is my Father glorified, verse 8 says, back to John 15, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. We glorify God when we bear much fruit. Again, if we're wondering, does God want me to have a lot of fruit? Yes! Does God want me to live an overcoming life? Yes. Does God want me to be victorious and not just be selfish with it, but see others come and be delivered and be set free and be saved? The answer is yes. And we glorify Him when we have much fruit. When we are fruitful as a church. When we are growing as a church. We give Him glory. We give Him honor. God wants us to enjoy the fruits of the Spirit to enhance our own life. But He also wants us to be fruitful in our efforts to reach the lost. Genesis 1.28 coming toward a close here today. Genesis 1.28 says, Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful. And multiply 
and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God designed us to be fruitful, to multiply, and to have dominion. That's how He created us to be. And the only thing that hinders that is sin. Sin is what hinders our ability to be fruitful, our ability to multiply, and our ability to have dominion. Because the enemy can't touch us when we're living free from sin. So our greatest enemy is sin. And the way we overcome sin is getting connected to the vine. Because it's through the blood of Jesus that we receive cleansing. It is through the blood of Jesus that we become fruitful, that we're able to multiply, and we're able to take the dominion God has granted to us. It's God's will. It's that simple. God wants us to go into a place of greater fruitfulness. It will benefit us and it will benefit others. If we could stand today, I hope that in these last few minutes that our faith has been encouraged and strengthened, that we would recall the Lord's desire for us to be fruitful, to have love, joy, peace, righteousness, self-control. These things He wants us to possess in our lives. He wants us to, to be full of life. And I understand what it's like, and I, I, I'm not preaching down to anyone, but He doesn't want us to constantly go through life dry, and disappointed and upset and just barely getting by. We're going to feel that way sometimes. That's reality. But it's not God's will for us to stay that way and to remain that way. It's His will for us to be fruitful, to multiply, and to have dominion. As a church, I pray that you would find your place in this body and I'll do my best to, to help that happen. That Part of that responsibility lies with me. But that we would connect to God, connect to His body, connect to our purpose and not sit around and wait for everybody else to do something, but we will enter into being fruitful ourselves. God has made you a soul winner. He's made you a minister. He's given you His Spirit, not just so you can be saved, but so that you will be, as Acts 1.8 says, a witness. It doesn't say go and witness. It says be a witness. Amen. Be a witness. Amen. It's a little bit different atmosphere right now, but as we close today... I'm just going to invite you to pray with me. 
As we stand here today, we are all in different places in our maturity with the Lord. We're all facing different trials and situations in our life today. Some of us are doing better than others. We feel better than others. Some of us are a little more down today. But regardless of where we're at in any of those spectrums, I know this is a word that is for every person in this room. God wants you connected to Him. God wants you connected to His body. God wants you connected to purpose. He wants you to be fruitful. He desires for you to enjoy abundant life in Him. So let's just take a moment today and connect to that vine. As we sang earlier and we heard earlier, I can't live without you, Jesus. I can't walk without you. I can't talk without you. As much as I want to love others, as much as I want to have peace and joy in my life, I can't seem to find it outside of you. Just momentary things here and there, but to really have the fullness of it. I've searched all over, and I can't find nobody. There's nobody greater than you, Jesus. Nobody greater than you, Jesus. So here I am to connect to you today. And as you, if you're able today, as you lift your hands, I believe that the Spirit of God will begin in your fingertips and begin to flow throughout your body. If you will lift your hands in faith, the Spirit of God will flow through you just as a vine that's connected to the branches. Those nutrients flowing from the vine to the uttermost part of the branches. God is going to flow into you today. He's going to flow into you. And let's pray for cleansing right now. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will cleanse my body. You will cleanse my mind. You will cleanse my heart today. You'll remove everything. You will purge everything that is not pleasing to you. You'll help me get rid of my thoughts of unbelief. You'll help me get rid of the things that are not pleasing to you. You'll help me not be deceived any longer to pursuing the things that are not really going to satisfy. But Lord, I submit myself to you to be cleansed by you today. I confess my faults to you. I confess my sin to you, knowing that you are faithful and just to cleanse me from all unrighteousness, to forgive me of all my sin, to make me clean in the name of Jesus. As you repent and as you trust Him today, He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And today, if you'll just, after you've repented of your sins, it will, you'll just continue to pray and say, Lord, now fill me with Your Spirit. If you've never received His Spirit, His Spirit can fall on you today. His Spirit can fill you today. Just like on the day of Pentecost. And just like many other people in this room. His Spirit will come inside. It will begin in your belly to overflow like rivers of living water. And you will begin to speak with the heavenly language. As the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. You will begin to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gives you the utterance. And you will feel that life flow through you like if you never felt before that's the spirit of the living God that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's what God desires to do for every man and woman every boy and girl no matter how old or how young no matter where we've gone or what we've done he desires for us 
to be filled with His Spirit today. He desires for us to be filled with His Spirit, to be walking in the life and in the joy and in the peace that comes from being filled with His Spirit. God wants to fill you today. Amen. He wants to fill you today. And if you've been filled with His Spirit before, but you just feel a little dry today, you feel a little bit like that cluster that's been disconnected for a while, you've been sitting on the counter for a while, and you haven't had enough fruit for a while, and you're dry, today God's come to moisten you. And God's able to engraft us back into the vine. Even if we've been disconnected, He's able through supernatural power to reconnect us to the vine. And that life will begin to flow to all those parts that are once dead, all those parts that have once been dead, and to give new life today. To give new life. Because He is the God of the broken. He is the God that restores life. And He wants to flow to every part of you that has become dead. He wants to flow today. He wants to give new life. If you'll open up every corner of your heart, if you'll open up every corner of your mind and say, Lord, flow through me. Let that life-giving flow of your Spirit flow through me. Flow through me, Jesus. Amen. Just lift your hands today. Flow through me. Flow through me. Holy Spirit, flow through me. Holy Spirit, flow through me. Maybe we can just sing that song we sing as we begin service today. Here I am, Lord. I give all myself to you. Here I am, Jesus. We're going to sing this and let it be a prayer. And as we sing it, receive it by faith. all my sins all the broken parts all the dead parts all the injured parts here I am Lord here I am Lord here I I 
God holding nothing back. touch you today. He's here in Jesus' name. There's a supernatural power of His Spirit here right now. If you can just receive it. If you can just receive it. He is here right now. You don't need to wait for tomorrow. You don't need to wait for next week. He's here right now. He's here right now. I'm not trying to play with anybody's emotions. He's here to touch you. He's here to strengthen you. He's here to redeem you today. He is here. He loves you. our greatest prayer. Let your spirit move through me. That needs to be our prayer every day. Lord, let your spirit move through me. Move through me. Touch my mind. Touch my heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Move through me, Jesus. Move through me, Jesus. Remove everything that's not like you, Jesus. That's the answer today, church. To all our pain to all of our struggles, to all of our years of past abuse and past defeat, mistakes that cause our cheeks to flush red with embarrassment as we remember 
God wants to remove that guilt. He wants to remove that shame. He wants to cleanse us of that in our lives. And it comes as we allow His Spirit to move through us. As we allow His Spirit to move through us. Here I am, Jesus. And not just for us today, as we have prayed, cleanse me, change me, fill me. Amen. I believe God is, has done that today and He's going to continue to do that. But one more thing I want to pray. We're going to sing, I give myself away. And as we sing that, the enemy has been lying to some of us. He's been trying to deceive us into thinking we can't have the ministry that God has put in our hearts to have. We can't have the promises of personal ministry that God has begun to reveal to us because of our past, because of our mistakes, because of our current weaknesses and failures in our life. He's tried to convince us we'll never be fruitful like God has promised us we can be in Him. But today as we sing, I give myself away, we're going to believe afresh and anew. And we're going to confess that we will be everything that He has promised us to be. We will see revival, not just in us, but through us. We will see the restoration of others. God's not just going to restore me, but He's going to use my ministry to restore somebody else. He's not just going to deliver me from drugs and alcohol and sin and abuse and all those things. He's not just going to deliver me from those things. He's going to use me to deliver others. He's going to use me to minister reconciliation, to minister deliverance. He's going to use me as broken as I am because He's going to continue to put me back together. He's going to continue to take something broken and make it beautiful in my life. It's going to come to pass in me and through me. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar today. We will see God work in us and through us. We will be used mightily for God's glory. We will glorify Him. We will exalt Him. We will lead others to Him, to wholeness and to healing and to restoration. He's not going to just use somebody else. He's going to use you. He's going to use me. As broken as we are, He's going to use us because God takes what's broken and He uses it for His glory. He uses it for His glory. Amen. We're going to declare our fruitfulness today. We're going to declare that we will be fruitful through Him. In the name of Jesus Christ, we will be fruitful as we give ourselves away. As I give myself away, God's going to use me. God's going to use me for His glory. Amen. We're going to sing this song and just declare it by faith today. I give myself away. Amen. He's going to use you. 
He's going to use you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. As you give yourself away, He's going to restore you. He's going to renew you. And He's going to use you for His glory in the name of Jesus. He's not going to use you just a little bit. He's going to use you for great glory. He's going to give you great fruit. He's going to have great fruit through your life. Oh, I give myself. If you want to be used, if you want to see those dreams come to pass, just reach out to Him today and reconnect. I give myself away. I give myself away. Not only a God of your salvation, but rejoice that God's going to use you. Rejoice that God's going to use you. I give myself away so you can use me. God's going to use you. Just give yourself away. He's going to use you. It doesn't matter what other people have spoken over your life. If you'll surrender, God's going to use you. Here I am. Here I stand in your presence. My life. I'm putting it back in your hands, Jesus. I'm putting it in your hands. Same as 
that every time we surrender to Him, every time we say, Here I am, Lord, let Your Spirit move through me. I give all myself to You. Here I am. I give all myself to You, Lord. We can have the confidence that He will respond and He will give us life in that moment. He will flow into us. He will flow through us. And He will bless us as well as bless others. Amen. God's coming to restore us today, to restore some promises, to lead us to a land of greater fruitfulness. Amen. He's leading us to a land of greater fruitfulness if we will just make up our mind to go where He leads us. To go where He leads us. Amen. I will follow you, Jesus. I will follow you wherever you lead me. Amen. I will go. Amen. In conclusion today. Amen. That's all right. Let's thank Him for a moment. That's okay. It's always in order to thank the Lord. It's always in order to thank the Lord. Amen. We thank You, Jesus. We thank You, Jesus. Amen. As we conclude today, I just want to encourage you. When we encourage people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit as it they did in the book of Acts and as as many of us have received. We don't say that with any condemnation whatsoever. We encourage you to just keep seeking because God will give it to you. Amen. Some of us sought for months. Some of us for years. But God always rewards us as we continue to seek Him. It doesn't mean you're you're not believing Him. It doesn't mean you're not trusting Him. It doesn't mean you're not following Him. It means He has more for you. Amen. It's His will, I believe, for all of us to have that because as any of us will testify, the life that you feel when you get filled with the Spirit is unbelievable. Amen. It's unbelievable. It's a connection 
to the vine. Amen. And it's not just a one-time experience, but we can pray in the Holy Ghost every day if we will press through and we'll get beyond the flesh, beyond the cares of life. And we need to do that. Amen. We need to press into His Spirit as often as we can. We should do it every day. Amen. Till we're praying in His Spirit. Amen. And lastly, again, just encourage you that God is leading us to a land of greater promise as individuals and as a church. So as we leave today, let's leave claiming the promise that God is going to use me. Okay? And I'm not telling you to claim the promise literally that God's going to use me. I'm saying you own that. You personalize that. You point the finger at your chest and say, God's going to use me for his glory. Amen. God's going to use me. Amen. Because as we unify and we each individually connect to the vine, that's when the church will multiply. When we're all connected. Amen. That's when explosive growth happens. Amen. It begins one at a time. Amen. One at a time. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we're so thankful for your promises. I pray every single one of my brothers and sisters would be encouraged today. That every single one of us would be filled with your spirit. Walking in the life-giving power that you provide. You are the source of life. When you breathe into Adam's nostrils, he became a living soul. And when we're asking for your spirit to be in us, we're asking for you to breathe once again your life into us. Breathe upon us, O breath of God. Let that sound as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house on the day of Pentecost fill our hearts and minds. Fill each and every one of us. Let that wind blow in each and every one of our lives. Connect us to that life, Jesus, that's only found in you. And as we are connected, that we will be fruitful, that we will see many others in this city, in this area, Beaverton, Hillsborough, Tualatin, Tigard, Forest Grove, Cornelius, West Slope, Aloha, all the surrounding areas, Lord Jesus, that we will be fruitful in winning souls through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we will indeed be a witness, first in Beaverton, and Hillsborough, and Cornelius, and all the surrounding areas to the uttermost parts of the earth, that we will be a witness for you, Jesus. We declare it today, regardless of what our feelings are, regardless of what anybody else's thoughts of us are, we declare it by faith that you are leading us to a land of greater fruitfulness. In the name of Jesus Christ, we will possess that land through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not by might nor by power, but by your Spirit, Lord. Your church will be built. Your house will be built. Amen. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Amen. The gates of hell will not prevail against your church. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If if you want to, just one more time as we close. Express your faith. That's going to happen. Amen. In your life. 
and in this church in the name of Jesus. The gates of hell will not prevail against me, against my life, against my ministry. The gates of hell will not prevail against my children or against my house. Amen. But they, we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We will live and not die. We will declare the works of Jesus Christ. Amen. We will rejoice. We will overcome. Amen. We will overcome. Amen. We are leaving with a high hand today. Amen. As the children of Israel left Egypt with a high hand, with victory today, that we will possess the promises of Almighty God. Amen. You're welcome to stay and pray if you would like. You're also welcome to join us for a meal if you would like. But go in victory today. And if you don't quite have the promises you have, you want to have, just keep seeking, keep walking, keep pressing in, and you will receive them in the name of Jesus Christ.